0: Welcome to Let's Talk Micro. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Micro. I hope you had a great week. Before we get started, remember that Let's Talk Micro is available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Pandora. Whenever you listen to your podcast, you can listen to Let's Talk Micro. I am also on Instagram. As less talk micro, no apostrophe, and on Twitter as less talk micro one. So go ahead and follow. I like to post pictures of organisms, you know, some nice pictures that I take. Um, so last week we didn't have an episode, you know, there was no episode. My apologies. I have my birthday, school, work, many things going on, so I couldn't record an episode. And then on Instagram, one of the followers suggested that, because I posted a picture of Pastorella multocida, which happens to be my favorite organism. So the follower suggested that I make an episode about it. So I'm going to take that into consideration, and I will be making an episode about it. Once I make it, I will let you know either via Twitter or Instagram when the episode will be up. But it's a pretty fun idea to talk about my favorite organism, and why is it my favorite. And like always, if you have any suggestions, go ahead and just hit them. Hit them via Instagram, via Twitter. I also have an email address, which is letstalkmicro, no apostrophe, at outlook.com. If you are on a medical technology program, like a medical lab sciences program, an MLT program, if you're on a microbiology association and you want me to come on board and talk about my podcast, you know, talk a little bit about the profession of the medical laboratory sciences, go ahead and either email me at, at com or hit me via Twitter or Instagram and let me know. I have a very busy schedule, but I will definitely try to work something out. This is the goal of this podcast. I want to promote microbiology. I want to talk micro. And I want to talk to people. Bring awareness to this profession of the medical laboratory sciences. And such a great work that is done. So on the last episode, I introduced the anaerobes, right? I started talking about them. I went over classifications of the organisms based on their tolerance to oxygen. All right, I discuss that there are aerotolerant, microaerophilic, facultative anaerobes, and obligate anaerobes. And if you haven't listened to this episode, please go ahead and do so. This way, you can have a refresher. I want to make clear that when I'm talking about anaerobes, I'm actually talking about organisms that do not grow in the presence of oxygen. So, this group of this group of organisms that I'm talking about they do not grow in the presence of oxygen. And why is that? Well, I talked about it on the previous episode, but they lack the superoxidase, sorry, superoxide dismutase and catalase, which are enzymes that are required to break down reactive oxygen produced during respiration or aerobic metabolism. So let me say them again. They like superoxide dismutase and catalase which are enzymes required to break down reactive oxygen produced during respiration or aerobic metabolism. Oxygen has a high affinity for organic compounds containing nitrogen, hydrogen, carbon, and sulfur, which interfere with normal biological activity. So these organisms, they can't protect themselves against this. So they need an absence of oxygen to grow. So in order to recover, anaerobes we want to make sure that we actually do the proper collection transfer and source you know these organisms from the get-go like I said you know they do not grow in the presence of oxygen because of lacking you know the lack of these enzymes so we want to make sure that we actually have the proper collection transport and source not all sources are appropriate for anaerobes So let me read this from the American Society for Microbiology. They say that the collection of specimens and swabs should be discouraged for anaerobic recovery. This is because swabs have a small surface area and are prone to pick normal flora, providing an inaccurate result of what the pathogen should be. Specimens should be transported at room temperature, and then proper sources include deep aspirates and wounds or specimens that are surgically collected. Unacceptable sources are throat swabs, urine, and superficial areas. So, as we think about this, we're like, why? Let's say a superficial area is unacceptable. Well, think about it. These organisms they they cannot grow in the presence of oxygen. So, in surface areas, they have you know they are exposed to oxygen. So it makes sense that they will grow in deeper areas. So good, you know, good sources are like when you get like a body fluid, a good source that is collected surgically from you know an, an interior source. So that will be a good source. But going back to what the American Society for Microbiology said, you know, sometimes you get in the lab, you get a swab that is both for an aerobic and anaerobic culture. So by the time you're done plating and everything, you expose that swab. So it might affect the recovery of the anaerobes. So you need to make sure that you have the proper source. So now that we have picked the proper source, what about the incubation requirements? Right? Like I keep saying, they cannot grow in the presence of oxygen. So how do we achieve this? Well, you have several methods that are made by manufacturers. What they use, you know, what it's used depends on the size of the lab. Anaerobic bags and jars are widely used by the labs, regardless of the size. And then for smaller labs, the bags and jars are more cost-effective than having a big system like the anoxomat. Especially if you have a low volume, you know it makes sense to have the bags and the jars. And I'm going to be talking about the, these systems. They typically have a sachet that absorbs oxygen and produces CO2. So definitely if you find yourself working in a smaller facility, it's gonna be bags and jars. They are relatively inexpensive and they don't take a lot of space, depending on their volume. So you can justify having those bags. When you get to a large system like the Anoxomat, you need to maybe justify the cost. So you might see that in a large facility with plenty of volume. Like the facility that I work at, they do have a pretty huge volume, so they use the anoxomat. And of course, you also have bags and jars to complement it, uh, because depending on the volume, if you're working on the bench, it's easier to use the bags. But I'm going to be talking about these systems and how they work. So let me start with the BD Gas Pack Easy System. Now, this system, they have no relation to the podcast, so it's just me talking about them from what I have experienced so this system is with the bags and sachets and so forth so it has a sachet that contains inorganic carbonate activated carbon ascorbic acid and water upon exposure to the air the sachet is activated and it reduces the oxygen concentration and produces co2 they come in smaller sizes where you can place a pouch you know with one to four plates. Then there is a larger size that you can use for a jar and you can fit about 12 plates. It comes with an indicator that changes color if the back or jar was not properly closed. For this system, this changing color is from white to blue. Let's say that you are doing an error tolerance test, right? That we talked about when I introduced the anaerobes. You have an organism that's growing on your cdc on your shalers based on what you know about micro you know that they are facultative anaerobes so you know your staffs you can have streps enterobacteriales growing on anaerobic media so you want to make sure that that organism is a true anaerobe so you do your error tolerance test you go ahead and sub your colony to um two blood plates, uh, sometimes in some facilities, and it's actually, it is recommended that for the aerobic portion, you sub a chocolate or add a chocolate. So make sure that there's not a hemophilus that you're missing. As you know, hemophilus does not grow on blood agar. It can, but under certain conditions that once we get to that point, I'll talk about it so you do that and then these bags this bag system it's pretty convenient for that you know typically on your bench in the drawer you know you have your bags you have your pouches your sachets your indicators so you just grab the bag once you subculture your plate put it in the bag put the indicator and put the sachet make sure you close it properly right typically once you you know, you close the bag, some people with their marker, they press on it, and then you incubate it for two days, sometimes a little bit longer. So, I talked about this indicator, right? So, this says that changes color if the backward jar was not properly closed. So, and, and this system is from white to blue. So, that means that if two days later you come in and grab your bag and you see that. The indicator is like a little pill enclosed in plastic. If that little pill, it's like a little tablet. Um, it is blue, that means that you did not close your back properly. And unfortunately, you know, it happens. Sometimes you're going too fast with the jars you don't realize. You're like digging for things in the incubator. Accidentally you open that jar, you don't realize it. And then when you go in, you see the blue color pill. In this case and definitely that's not good so it's definitely a very easy very user-friendly a method for anaerobes and like i mentioned you want to incubate it for one to two days and once i get through these systems you're gonna see that sometimes you know maybe the having it for two days is better because the time that it takes to achieve an anaerobic environment it varies with the systems. So sometimes, you know, you might not have enough growth. And then if you're on the bench, you encounter this organism that you're doing the error tolerance on, maybe at one o'clock, let's say you're on day shift. And then you put the bag and then whoever's reading anaerobes the next day, they come in at six, they take out all the bags, they're sitting there. So you might not have enough growth. So you have to keep that in mind. So depending on what system you use, you might have better growth at the day mark. If not, you need to wait the two days to make sure that you have enough growth, enough isolation to perform the ID. Which for that you're gonna need different volumes of the organism, different amounts. So now that I talked about the BD Gas Pack Easy, as an EZ system, let's go ahead and talk about another system. You have the Mitsubishi gas chemical anero pouch anero and anero pack anero. This system also has sachet that absorbs oxygen and produces CO2. It has an indicator that changes to purple if the bag or jar was not properly closed. In the bag or pouch, you can place up to three plates. And in the jar with the large sachet, you can place 12 plates. So once again, you know, you can place up to three. It's just, it's always best if you have two of them. And then typically with this system, you put, let's say that you're only trying to isolate one organism. You're doing the air tolerance challenge on one organism. Typically you get a a plate, like a blank plate to balance it. And then you incubate both in the bag. So in the bag pouch, you can place up to three plates, and in the jar with the large sachet, you can place twelve plates. So once again, with this indicator, it's gonna be purple. It originally it's pink, and just like the other one, just like the the BD gas pack Easy System, it's like a little tablet enclosed in plastic. So it's just as user friendly. As the BD gas fact system, you you do your air tolerance, get your organism, you know, put it on the plate, put it in the little bag. In this case, if it's only one plate, put a second plate, put the little sachet, your indicator, make sure you close it, and a today open date. And that's it. And then the third system that I'm going to be talking about is the anoxomat system. So this one, like I mentioned before, it's more cost effective to have it in a large facility. It takes more space than the other ones because if your volume is not great, and like in a smaller lab, you can find an area where you can store your little jars, your pouches, your bags. Now this one involves an actual tank. So you need more space and it's more expensive because you have to replace the tanks. So for this one, it's best if you if you work in a large facility. However, once I talk about the systems, you're gonna see that this is my opinion, and from what I see and from what I'm gonna tell you, I think you might draw the same conclusion. That this is the best system out of the three, out of the previous two that I'm that I talked about. So with the Anoxomat system, it has a computer which guides the process. You attach the jar to a tank that has the anaerobic mixture, which is 80 to 90% nitrogen, 5% hydrogen, and 5 to 10% CO2. It does three cycles where the contents in the jar are evacuated and replaced with the gas mixture. And there is a palladium catalyst that removes any remaining oxygen after the third cycle. So this system is a little more involved It's a little more time consuming than the other two that I talked about like in the other two systems you sub, put in the blade, put in the bag, pouch, indicator, close it, incubator, and you're done. Whereas with this one, um, like I said, you attach the jar to a tank that has that mixture. So there's a series of events going on here. And the anoxomat is gonna perform a series of checks that if it fails, if it fails, then it's not it's not gonna end the process with you know with the jar properly seal and that anaerobic environment achieved. There's many plays, for example, um, if you place the the lid on the jar and there's not a good seal, sometimes you know on the lid there's like a rubber band. In a sense, like a rubber band. If that is maybe loose, if it doesn't seal properly, it's going to detect like a leak. So it's going to stop the process. It's going to give you an X. As it goes through the series of checks and it passes, it gives you like a green check mark. So if something fails, it's going to give you a red X. Also, if the jar is not connected properly, it's also going to fail it giving you that red X. So you have to make sure that, and it gives you the proper way, it gives you a diagram of how to properly attach the lid. Make sure that you know, you remove any excess here that's in there. And if you fail to put like a, uh, the catalyst pouch, that would also give you a fail X, a red X. So there, there are more things that you have to pay more attention I mean like anything you always need to pay attention to your work, but with this one you have to make sure that you follow this series of steps. So your jar can produce that you know not only pass with the green check mark, but produce that an anaerobic environment for the organisms, which is what you're going for. And with the with the catalyst, the palladium catalyst, when I started using the system, this catalyst, you know, there were just They were reusable, but you actually had to, uh, once you were done with them, when you opened your jars, you have to put them um, in an incubator and raise the temperature, I think, like about 100 degrees or so. But nowadays, you know, we're moving more towards like there are disposable catalysts. So that's good. So this was one of the cons of the system that you had to heat this catalyst. Like you had to reactivate them. But now that we have the disposable ones, it's much better. So having said all this, I'm going to mention some things that I already said and add some new ones. So these three systems, I'm going to compare them. Um, having said that, once again, there is no they have no relationship with this podcast at all. This is from what I've seen, from what i read. They have nothing to do with this podcast. So let's start with the easy. How long does it take to achieve that anaerobic environment? Right? So basically, you want to make sure that the oxygen is removed because it's harmful to these organisms. So, with the easy system, it takes about two and a half hours to achieve an anaerobic environment. The Mitsubishi, it takes two hours. So, these organisms, they're already sensitive to oxygen so it takes two hours. So that means that when you are when you are using this these systems, you have to make sure that as soon as you seal that bag, put it in the incubator. You sub that plate, put it in the incubator in the bag, you know, seal it along with the indicator and the pouch and put it in the incubator. Sometimes you know large labs when people are busy, they tend to go ahead and like they sub out their plates, especially, you know, when you're in the processing area that you are processing the aerobic and anaerobic cultures and some people sub their plates, put them in the hood or put them in some sort of bin or receptacle and then they might leave them there for a while. Sometimes, you know, busy days, they might go on break and leave the plates out. So you imagine how the recovery of an anaerobe can be affected when you are inoculating a sample on a plate, and then that sit sitting there for an hour. Then you put it in one of these systems, and it takes another two hours. So that's a total of three hours that that organism was exposed, in a sense, to oxygen. Or it took three hours for that oxygen environment to be comp- produced, so your, the recovery of the organism might be affected. so you have to keep that in mind. And then when the man, it takes 10 minutes, that one is definitely better because you can sub out your plates, put them in there and in, in 10 minutes. In 10 minutes, you have an anaerobic environment. And it definitely shows let me say this, it definitely shows. I remember that one time I was working a culture. And I had an actinomyces and an uh, actinomyces is aerotolerant. So it can grow aerobically, but definitely at a slower pace. So it likes to grow anaerobically. And this culture had been, it had been a few days since it was set up. So I had an actinomyces. However, I'm talking about the pre pre days. Or those of you that know the Molotov, and I will do an episode about it. You know, with the Molotov, you don't need much to get an ID. But if you're doing, let's say, like the Vitek, the ANC card, for an identification. For actinomyces, you need a three, 3.0 McFarlane standard. So for that, you need a lot of organism. I knew that was an actinomyces. I was suspecting it, so I wanted to rule it out. I went ahead and saw my plate. Put it in an oxima jar, the next day, beautiful, strong growth. Those 10 minutes, definitely it's creating that environment is such a big help for the organisms. And in my opinion, it just, it definitely maximizes the recovery. So definitely the, those are the cons for the, the EZ and the Mitsubishi that it takes a long time, two and a half hours for EZ. Two hours for the Mitsubishi to achieve an aerobic environment. And if you combine that with other factors, like sometimes, you know, maybe text leaving the plates out or for longer periods of time, if you go ahead and subculture your organism maybe late in your shift, then the next day someone comes in at 6 a.m. It hasn't even been 24 hours and they put the bags out there and they just sit in there for hours. So your recovery is affected. having said that the pros are that they are you know more cost effective for smaller facilities and they're easy to store you know they might not take much space depending on on the volume of your lab with the anoxomat a pro is that definitely those 10 minutes which at the end it works better for the organism so i think that in my opinion it it awaits the cons which the count might be that, yeah, it's a little more time-consuming because you have to make sure that you follow some steps so all the checks pass and then anaerobic environment can be achieved. And then also that, you know, you have to replace the tank. So that's another thing that depending on if you're on an off-shift and then you have to call someone to bring it and it's heavy and, and you might lose some time doing this process. But I think at the end of it, it's worth it because the recovery is better. The organisms grow better. And this is the whole point of why we do this for the patients. To make sure that we put out there the best results so our patients can get the proper treatment and recover. And then, my dear audience, it's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening more about anaerobes, because I definitely enjoyed talking about them. Like always, continue your motivation, continue bringing that passion. I cannot mention this enough, this is such an amazing field, this is such a great work that we do working with these organisms, making sure that we provide the best IDs best susceptibility so the, the patient can get the proper treatment and recover. The world of the microorganisms is such an amazing one. So please continue staying motivated. And once I do the the Pastorella episode, I will let, let you know. In the meantime, stay safe, stay motivated, and of course, continue talking micro. Until the next time, bye!